This is the Polycom Power Selling Podcast. Mike Monsive, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you. So uh, start by introducing yourself briefly. Say who you are and your what you do at Polycom. Uh, yeah, my name is Mike Monsive. I'm the uh, director of the Solution Architects and the SEs for our cloud and service provider organization. I've been at Polycom for 16 on and off years. Uh, my first stint was around seven years I've come back and uh, added to my portfolio here at Polycom in the last uh, eight or odd years here. So uh, a bit of background as far as uh, being with Polycom and knowing the products. Great. And where are you based, by the way? I'm uh, based out of Denver, Colorado. Oh, Denver, Colorado. That's a great town. I find it very central from a business traveling perspective and uh, lots of outdoor things to do here. Okay. So our topic today is customer responsiveness. You did a webinar about this not long ago. So let's start by just defining that term. What does customer responsiveness mean in a sales context? Yeah. So um, it's interesting that you say in a sales context, because if you ever have been in a um, uh, either a how-to sell or or a uh, solution selling course, um, it encompasses pretty much the full life cycle of sales to delivery to support of a product. Um, so what we tried to do here mm -hmm. is we tried to concentrate just on the sales component, and it really has to do with uh, being uh, responsive to your customer and also um, knowing your customer, right? So speed of getting back to them, making sure you're mm -hmm. always in contact, and then the accuracy of the information that you're delivering is also a, a huge piece of it. So, I mean, it sort of goes without saying that, of course, you need to respond to your customer, right? Just in, you know, returning right. emails, returning phone calls, stuff like that. But you, but you said it's not just the kind of road act of doing that. It's how you respond, right? It's sort of the content of your response and the quality of it that really matters, right? Absolutely. And and this goes to a large piece of it from at least my experience and what we've applied in, in my particular group is um, you have to really know your customers so you know where they're coming from and understand that piece so you know how to answer their questions and what they're looking for from you as a sales rep, as well as a a technical solutions advisor or consultant to that customer. Okay. So what would be a good example of customer responsiveness of the sort that you're talking about when as a sales rep, you've done your due diligence and you've really dug in and tried to learn, you know, who is this customer I'm dealing with? What are they, what do they care about? You know, what does that look like? What's a good example? Yeah, a, a good example of that is what we do here at Polycom as far as some of the tools we use. Putting together informational emails or websites that you share either monthly or quarterly with a customer um, that contains updates about the products, about the software revisions, possibly sales marketing tools that are, are available to the end customer. Um, so again, uh, getting to know what your customer does to sell your products, who their customers are, and what their needs are as far as uh, what their activities in support of their sales process are. Uh, so you try to, to, to put together proactive communications. Uh, that's the emails, that's the websites. And if not, getting together with the customer and, and actually being able to have dialogue with them, in, in most cases, possibly outside of their regular work environment. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's interesting. So you said really good responsiveness is not just responding when a customer asks for something, but like you said, being proactive and anticipating what they might what they might need. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think from a customer responsiveness component, the proactive piece is the most important. You don't want to become the vendor that shows up once every couple quarters with a product update. You want to be the vendor that shows up and asks, do you need anything? Are you having troubles? What are those troubles? And mm-hmm. and show some caring around uh, trying to support them as a vendor. And but it, it sounds like even to take it to the next level, it would be not just, you know, what can I do for you now? What's bothering you? But already having a sense of that and coming to a customer with, you know, hey, you probably want to know about this, or here's a, here, here's some, some new information or new trends that you're probably going to want to know about, even without them asking for it. Absolutely. Yep. And, and a part of knowing your customer is you got to know the industry they're a part of and the competitive standings yeah. that they have um, within that industry, right? And trying to support them through mm-hmm. that. So this really seems to dovetail with thinking in sales these days about moving from that sort of buyer-seller transactional relationship to something that's more like a partnership or like a coaching type of relationship. Uh, Absolutely, right? Um, Engaging in, in prospects together, engaging in events together, supporting one another at those events, all of that, right, is about teaming up with your resale agents or your channels. Us in particular, we team up with our service providers so that uh, they can certify our products within their labs and make sure that they function according to what they want to deliver to their customers so that once they're actually selling it to the customer, it's a known entity and they know how to support it and how to market it within their own services. Now, obviously, when when you're selling anything, having deep knowledge about the product is important and crucial, right? But this sounds like it's not just about the product. It's not just about the attributes and the bells and whistles. It's really sort of focusing on the customer's needs beyond just what that product might be. Does that seem fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. You you know, um, having them be experts in your product is probably a quarter of the fight. You need to know Mm -hmm. what their goals are as a company and what are they trying to achieve and see how you can help them provide a solution that actually achieves those goals as well. Now, when again, going back to this concept of customer responsiveness, part of that, of course, is responding promptly to if a customer has a question, right, or needs something. But if you Google, if you Google right. customer responsiveness, and, and I did, you'll find a lot of a, a lot of commentary to the effect that really good customer responsiveness doesn't just mean responding quickly, but rather responding in a way that delivers value with every interaction. I, I assume you would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And and this goes back to uh, another aspect to this, which is. Uh, solution selling has been a, a, a huge drive in, in pretty much every industry since the uh, the downturn or the, the dot-com downturn era. And really to, mm-hmm. to be able to deliver a, a story or a solution, you need to know those impacting values at the customer so that you know that that story is actually what they're wanting to hear or that they need to hear so that they know what to sell to their end users. And to your point before, 
knowing the 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 issues that are mm-hmm. trying to be solved is a part of the story, but then what's the goal after that, right? What what do you want to achieve after you're able to to solve the customer's problems? And you know, th- this seems like it really takes a lot of work on the part of the sales rep, right? Not only do you have to master everything about the products that you're selling, but you have to also master the the wider business questions. You have to know the industry, right? You have to. I mean, in in order to deliver this kind of value, you really have to you really have to know a lot beyond just what you're selling. Yeah, absolutely. And in the the world we're in today, you have to really widen the base of not only the the knowledge but also the individuals that you're talking to. So, mm-hmm. um in the traditional sense it used to be a vendor manager would be uh the guy you worked with at a channel or at a provider and uh that was it, right? That that's the guy you go to. Mm-hmm. Anymore, there's so many influential components and as I mentioned the the certification lab at service providers those certification guys are not anywhere near um, the organization that runs the vendor management component, right? But yet they affect mm-hmm. whether your uh, solution is going to be sold and offered through their services. So again, from that standpoint, we had to widen the base of contacts and relationships and people we got to know at the particular customers to make sure that we were a player within their their uh, services. So let, let's talk more about that. And in, in the webinar, I think you addressed this a bit by referring to a book called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure if that's the correct pronunciation myself, but that's how I pronounce it. Okay. Um, Keith, and, we'll, we'll, we'll call him Keith Ferrazzi for now. There you go. <laughs> and and the, the, the main point of that book is that relationships are key to business generally and to sales specifically. And, you know, that's that's certainly not rocket science, right? It's sort of common knowledge. It's sales is about people and forming relationships. But let's talk about that in a bit more detail. So what does this concept have to do specifically with customer responsiveness? How does it apply? Yeah, so um, it's it's been a big tool of mine and something that I've always preached to my organization is really the lunch hour or, or even a, a happy hour time period. Those are times that a lot of times we will go out and actually um, try to take a break, right? And the way I look at it is, is the customer is looking to do the same thing. So instead of just uh, taking it for what it was for, which is just go and get some time off, I actually took it to trying to build more relationships and, and take somebody outside of their work environment, meet them, and, and you know, not necessarily have to have conversations around business, but get to know that individual so that you know how to communicate with them going mm-hmm. forward, right? What are their interests? What are the things that they want to uh, hear about and and mm-hmm. and know about? And then take it into the business uh, environment from there as needed, right? A, a lot of the the uh, folks that I meet for lunch are not the traditional folks that get taken out for lunch by salespeople, and a, a lot of them appreciate that. Right. And they actually have information and points of view that my usual contacts don't Mm. have. And it really helps me understand where their business is and what they're trying to do. Mm, That's interesting. So that sounds like a kind of unique way that you offer value to these particular people and that just spending time with them, giving them some attention in a way that they're not used to getting. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And um, a lot of times these folks deal with our, our either our support or maintenance side of the house, um, but that's about it. They will come to me for non-traditional support questions that they get from their customer base and get answers that otherwise they probably wouldn't get if they just had the traditional relationship with us. That makes sense. I mean, maybe you'd agree that being responsive is, it, it really kind of boils down to, it's a, it's an issue of communication. And just typically, whether it's in a business context or really in any other context, the more you get to know someone as a person, the better able usually you are to have substantive communication with them. Absolutely. And also in in the in the those dire times when you have those critical issues arise or or customer impacting times, it, it allows you to at least have a better relationship to build on than just talking to somebody cold that's never talked to you before, you've never talked to them, and now you're dealing with a really stressful situation together um, and really don't know, uh, uh, you know, uh, how it, one another is going to deal with it from the get-go, right? Because, because that requires a certain level of trust, which is probably really hard to build if the nature of the relationship is only transactional. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So now a common theme in sales today is being customer-centric or customer-focused. So is prioritizing responsiveness another way of being customer-focused or or it, does it occupy a kind of different category? I think it, it's kind of both, right? So we were just talking about the never eat lunch alone type of topic. Those type mm-hmm. of concepts, I believe, are part of customer responsiveness, and it's it's just another tool in the bag to try to uh, leverage to be able to to build that relationship with the customer. But then it it also gives you a different point of view if you've never done it before. Um, so uh, you you can be responsive and not have had done the lunch thing or anything like that. So it's kind of additive to the entire uh, toolkit that you have. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what are some common mistakes that sales reps make? And and I'm talking just generally, not necessarily polycom reps, but that what are some common mistakes that reps might tend to make when it comes to being responsive? Yeah. You know, a lot of the things, and I, I draw from my own experience that um, I could have done better and do better today is around the the ways of communicating with a customer and getting others involved in that communication. And And what I mean by that is one of the biggest tools I use today that I should have used sooner than later is um, I get the leads of engineering and also product in front of my customers to deliver messaging, to deliver solution uh, technology updates, those type of things, so that the customer gets a different voice and a, a different point of view in front of them. And it also allows me to become one of them, right? So I become a, a, a spectator or a, 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 a student, right, in the room with mm-hmm. them and I have the ability to have a student-to-student type of conversation with them that I wouldn't have if I'm the one leading the presentation. So those type of things, also any tools that the the marketing department develops and and puts out there. I had really in a sales role, you're in such a fast-paced environment that you really see it. You know, you get the email that it's out there. But you never really take the time to see what the tool is and how you can possibly use it. The context of being responsive 
allows me to mm-hmm. look at those tools in a different perspective uh, t- to see how I can use them to build a, a either further relationships or new relationships within the greenfield opportunities or or present customers, et cetera, right? So th- those are the two big ones that that I had written down. Some of the other things that that came up during the the webinar was uh, really being the driver around having conversations with your non-traditional mm-hmm. points of contact. So I mentioned events that you could do partnering with your customer. Most all of my contacts that I've built outside of the sales organization has been by participating in the events that the customer uh, puts on. And that's because of the fact that you get exposed to other individuals within the customer base that are required to do those events and you get introduced to them, right? So anything like that is is another thing that uh, I would say isn't leveraged enough by a lot of sales folks. The point you made earlier about bringing in engineers, other voices, I I think that's really interesting. Uh, The point being to help you better understand the mindset of the customer or to sort of align you a bit better with being in their position and being the receiving this information rather than always or only being the one delivering it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's such a, um, I would say it's a, a nugget that um, I learned uh, later in my career that again, uh, if I would have been able to do it earlier, I, I think uh, a lot of opportunities would have been, uh, uh, I wouldn't have missed them if I would have leveraged the other individuals. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've covered a lot of ground. Let's try to boil it down. What do you want listeners to take away from this podcast? Yeah, you know, um, the the biggest thing is, uh, again, we're all in different positions with different types of customers. So there's no real guidebook that says everything you're going to need that that works in your particular environment. But the biggest things that I would say that would help in general is always look at different ways and choices to communicate with your customer. Aid in those communications if it's something that you're leveraging from another department. So if marketing is putting together a newsletter, make sure that you give them suggestions as to what those things should look like. Help to break down internal silos, both at your customer and within Polycom itself. If you need to get people to be introduced or or to, to be communicating with one another, be the driver of that. Do the introductions, make the meeting invites, etc. Bring people together to try to solve issues or, or create solutions as you need them. One of the, the biggest things I would say uh, out of this is uh, feedback. Make sure you're always looking for customer feedback, even internal feedback as to what's working, what isn't, what is needed, etc. You can't do much without knowing where people are or, or how, how they're taking things as they move forward. And then always be the person that takes action. Don't ignore an email or, or just pass an email um, over the fence to someone else. Um, be the person that actually is is uh, doing a proper handoff and and escorting a, a, either a communication or a person to the right person. Don't just let it go as a, a something that won't give you any value back because in the long run, it's it's something or someone that will most likely come back into play in the future. Okay, very good. So, Mike, what's the best way for listeners to reach you? Uh, yeah, so internal email, um, at polycom.com. Um, I'm also on Skype. You can uh, reach out to me as I show online. I'm, I'm always uh, contactable. And then my uh, cell phone number is on my profile. Um, it's 
800-300-3590. If I'm not online, that means I'm traveling. So give me a call on myself. Okay, very good. Well, Mike, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your insights with us. Absolutely, Jeremy. It was a pleasure. That does it for this episode of the Polycom Power Selling Podcast. Thanks for listening. 